Hey everybody, good people of the world, welcome to Gab with Gwen, episode 43, and we have a special guest who I've already talked up, saying that I wanted to invite an old friend, uh, Mr. Ismail Abdusalam. hello. Hey Gwen, happy to be back, it's been a while, right, close to a year maybe? It has been. You were on episode 12, I Used to Love Her, about hip-hop, so if y'all didn't listen to it, excellent episode, check it out. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm glad to be back. Well, I wish it could be under better circumstances considering what's going on, but hey, we do what we can do. I know, I know. So you live in the ATL. How are things going down there? So things are getting a little bit more stable. We're under a a 15-day lockdown, so I think it actually ends on April 15th, but it's it's not as good as what you guys are doing up in New York. It's kind of like the parks are still open. Nothing is really kind of shut down except for like the restaurants things like that. So on a day like today, where it's real sunny, close to 80 degrees, you still have a lot of people out and about, unfortunately. So people still aren't really kind of getting it like they need to. Well, wow, it's 80 degrees. Wow, that's that's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Well, do you think, and probably not, but do you think transmission is, people think it's less of an issue because it's not a close, tight, dense city like New York where people in Atlanta have cars, you know, do you think that's why people think it's more of like a more urban tight quartered center like Metropolis, like New York versus there why it's kind of a light touch to the, um, I guess the isolation or social distancing? That might tie into it a little bit, but I think it's more so that people just haven't been personally affected yet. Um, Because if you look at a place like Albany, Georgia, which is maybe about, I want to say maybe two hours away from here, they're being affected badly. I think they're talking about um, every 500 people, there's like 100 people that are being infected. And the media really isn't talking about it, so they're getting hit really bad. And that's more of a rural location than here in Atlanta. Um, I think what happened with them, I think there was like a big funeral out there and some Mm. people from overseas came and that's what made it explode over there. So because we haven't had anything like that here yet, I think people are still, you know, they have their blinders on. It hasn't hit them yet. So unfortunately, no, I think personally, me as Americans, we're kind of hard headed. So it's going to take some outbreaks happening before it really dawns on people to stay in the house, unfortunately. But why does it have to, why do people need to be personally affected before they take it seriously um i think we're just naturally selfish and self-absorbed we just really are i mean think of how worldly the average american is we're not we really don't know what's going on in other countries what's Mm. affecting other people and then you even look at the political system um we just care about what affects us personally not what hurts other minority groups or any other social classes it's really just about us. So I think this extends to this crisis and was just making it so um, bad because really a country like ours, we really should have been on top of it from the beginning. But it starts from the top. You see who our president is and you see how dismissive he was <laughs> months ago. I agree. And here we are. I, you know, I, I agree. On down. I agree. Uh, I mean, he's still, look, he's still pushing on with his rhetoric, saying that he wants churches to be full on Easter. And everything going to be back in business. Easter is coming up in a couple weeks. <sighs> it's not going to be a resurrection. It's going to be a lot of <laughs> dead people after that service. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. So luckily, you no, know, my parents, you know, my mother's really religious. My dad's Muslim, so I don't have to worry too much about him. But my mother, thankfully, is staying in the house, not going to church or anything. I'm thinking her case is because she's a cancer survivor. Made her a lot smarter about that. But I'm just grateful a lot of the older people in my family are listening because you know how our seniors can be. They'll kind of do what they want. So That's the biggest issue for me right now. Every day mm. I call my parents, did you go out? Did, what did you do today? <laughs> did you go out? And so she, they, I think they're getting progressively better. Um, like last week, they had people coming over. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Right. And they have a friend who's a professor in Manhattan. And yes, he probably is home. Uh, teaching online but just still she's like oh he came in but he sat far away from us I'm like what's <laughs> wrong with you He's and then my your un- house. <laughs> it's just you know and then my uncle my dad's younger brother but they're all old okay um he has been going up and down talk his son will be the next one i record and we're gonna need to talk about that because i text him today <laughs> like yo your your dad's wild yo 
Like his his ass in the sixties. I'm like he's up and down in the city. I don't know what's going on. So uh, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so it's been kind of staying on top of that. My mom, like we talk every day, and then one day this week, maybe Thursday, she's like, "Yeah, I went to Target today." I was like, "Why? Why right? did you go to Target?" <laughs> oh, I'm feeling feverish. I need a thermometer. I'm like, and, and and your dad's friend said they'll be at Target. I said, "Well, why don't you ask me?" You didn't tell me anything. Of course, there were none. Okay. There were none there. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, they have tape on the ground and people are staying away from you. I was like, you're not. It's like, stop it. So I ordered her on one online. Her doctor Mm -hmm. told her to call me. He's like, you told her to call her so she can order. I said, if you need anything, if you're thinking of anything and you're thinking of buying it, I can find a way to make sure it gets you. Please stop. So I I feel like they're getting progressively better (laughs) over time. (laughs) But it's like well, it's stressful. Right. It's stressful. Oh yeah. So I'm glad. Anyway, shout out to your mom. I'm I'm glad she recovered. That's that's amazing. Um, yes, yes. That's a true blessing. So that's amazing. And yeah, I I think people don't recognize the importance of community, and that can happen to anyone. Uh, before all of this, I was already cognizant of it. I'd seen what was happening in Asia. I was like, I'm confused why we're taking it so lightly as if we don't have mm-hmm. airplanes. But I think because right. maybe SARS and H1N1 appeared more contained, people were just thinking, oh, there's just something else that's happening in Asia. Mm-hmm. And I really don't think it wasn't until it happened in Europe that Americans started to really start to open their eyes, like take it a little bit more seriously. I totally agree. And it's funny, even because I work in the financial sector for people who don't know, I deal with mortgages and a lot of our senior management are people in the 50s and 60s, Republicans for the most part. And a lot of them, when I was sitting and talking with them, they were saying that same nonsense that we heard a couple of weeks ago. Like, oh, well, the flu kills so more people per year. People are bugging out about this. And I'm like, see, this is the type of people that are going to get sick. And one of the people in senior management had uh, taken a trip to, I think, Miami, actually, uh, recently. And he went down there. Everything was shut down. So he had to basically stay in the hotel. So hopefully he didn't get sick. But, you know, that's a perfect example of, you know, you're traveling on the plane and all that while all this is going on. It's very easy for you to contract something. You bring it back to the office. All of us are in a contained space. You know, in most corporate offices, the windows are closed. We're all breathing the same air. You know, that's how these outbreaks can happen relatively quickly. So, you know, everybody was just behind on it, just in a bubble, just not thinking straight. Yeah, it's um, this weird Superman complex or we think that won't happen to us. It's very strange. I, I don't I, I didn't grow up like that. I, I never I just I'm like, OK, I, random story. I remember one time I was on the subway and it was Penn Station in the morning. So usually it's packed like crazy, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning going to work uh, to a different employer at the time. And I remember the train wasn't, I was thinking the E, it, it wasn't moving. Like it was just full. People can get on. I was like, why are we just sitting here? Um, <laughs> no one's moving. I don't, I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like I'm paying. So people just on their phones, nothing. I noticed outside in the window that there are cops like coming down the platform and they're looking like in each car. Like I start to notice that. And then they come into the car like they're outside the car that I'm in. So I'm looking like, yo, what's about to go? Something's going on. Right. right? Everyone <laughs> is oblivious. I'm telling you, everyone is oblivious in this car. So there was another black woman sitting across. And she was she was paying attention. I was like, yo, people not see something's about to go down. So suddenly, like, five cops came in. And there was actually a, a white man with a child, a little girl, that mm-hmm. they came and they snatched up off the train. And they, they, took, they separated him from the little girl who, like, she was five years old, and were talking to her and, like, carried her off and arrested the man. And people were, like, so not paying attention to it. And I was like, yo, oh, lo- what, what, damn, I'm in the wrong car. I don't know what's going on, but something about to go down. So I just feel like <laughs> being observant yep. is a part of me naturally, and it's not about everyone, because I'm telling you, that car could probably been full of 75 people, and there was only one other person who was paying attention. Wow. I'm not surprised. And I feel like that's how we've been with this. And now we're caught in the middle of it. And some people still don't think it's serious. No, not at all. 
you can see videos online, people doing little silly challenges, going out. They think it's a joke because it hasn't hit them personally yet. And of course, a lot of nonsense was going on in the beginning. You were hearing that all oh, black people can't get it, mm. young people can't get it, all types of nonsense like that. So that even delayed it even further, people acting up and going out and not taking it seriously. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it, it's it's interesting. And then, you know, the political ties to it, you know, that president of these people, you know, he is a person, the vulnerable population who's downplaying it. And in the mm-hmm. midst of this, we have, you know, everyone is campaigning and trying to get ready for the upcoming election, you know, and everyone is a senior citizen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a senior citizen what do you think about that how do we get to a point where we had barack obama who was like you know a young lively president right. and then we just the pendulum swung so far and it's still swinging into this direction do you think that means anything how do you think we got here um well of course you have good old-fashioned racism you know you got that number one i would think well, i think the main thing is a lot of us our generation i think we got too comfortable you know, we didn't really stay tied in with the political process. A lot of us, if we do vote, a lot of us don't. But if we do vote, we just vote in the big election for the president. We don't do the midterms and other things that are just as important. You know, the House and the Senate being majority uh, progressive really is a good idea. But that's never happened, at least uh, recently. So the fact that we don't vote often, the fact that we're not involved like that, everybody was just happy with uh, or content, I should say, with Obama. While the Republicans, they were just gearing up to take power back during that whole eight years. And I think one thing I've noticed about them, just Republicans in general, they really know how to get behind somebody. They don't have to personally love their candidate, but as long as he's on their agenda, he'll have their full support. I think with liberals and progressives, we have to like really be in love with a particular candidate to get our full support, which I think is really a detriment. Um, I'll give an example to people especially us in corporate America, I'm pretty sure you work with people that you do not personally care for and that if it wasn't for work, you would not speak with, to them at all outside of the office. Absolutely. But you guys have a job to do. You're on point, you're professional, and you do what you need to do to move the company forward. We need to have the same approach when it comes to politics. You might not like this candidate personally. You might not like everything that they've done. But if overall their agenda is in line with yours, that person needs your support. But we won't do that. You know, we might not personally like Bernie, might not personally like Biden, and that will prevent us from just participating, period. And then we'll have somebody like Trump in office. That's how well, that stuff happens. It's not what that was like. You just summarized what happened with Hillary. People hate exactly. Hillary. And it's like, I refuse to vote. I'll I'll put in Jill Stein's name. I'll put in Sanders' name on, on the ballot. I will just refuse to vote for her and you see what happens. And I, do you think people have learned their lesson from that last election till now? Oh, not at all. One other thing, the other problem we have here in America is we have short memories. I mean, this whole democratic process, the democratic primaries, it's like a repeat. You know, every single group, you know, Elizabeth Warren's people are like, I'm not voting for anybody no more. She didn't win, so I'm just out. Of course, you know, Bernie's people are the same way. Um, I think it's, I think all those people are going to sit out. You know, once their candidate didn't win, so they're just not going to participate, period, just so they can have the... I guess personal satisfaction of seeing, see, you know, they weren't electable. You should have went with my candidate. And we'll be back in the same situation. I really think Trump is going to win again. Um, so I. I know some people are thinking, oh, well, you know, if we have this Corona things gets worse, maybe people will come to their senses. I really don't think so. I think when people are really afraid, they kind of revert to their and their worst instincts will probably be Trump more than likely. No, I agree. I've said it. I said he was going to win the first time. I said he's going to win this time. I agree wholeheartedly. Short memories. The Bernie people were the problem the last time. They're going to be the problem again this time. I'm sorry. Look, yeah. he wasn't going to win last time. He's not going to win this time. And you guys are on sour grapes. And it is odd to me. So I, I feel like, one, people maybe don't feel like they feel a real impact from Trump. So maybe... He doesn't really impact his personal life. He maybe he hasn't over the last, you know, the last three, four years, right? Maybe yeah, it is just yeah. he's a figurehead. Yeah, he's annoying. He talks shit. But I don't think people necessarily feel personally impacted, which is why they're not adamant about standing behind someone so he comes out. So 
ultimately the president is not really impacting their lives. So that's why people can stand on this high horse and be like, well, if you don't vote for Bernie, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? They can play these little childish games. And we'll just have to see how the corona plays out. I don't think, even with this, like I said, it'll over time revert itself, right? And if we're close to April now and it's, what, seven months till November, Mm -hmm. short memories will still play in. And he'll say, I was the hero. I signed this 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 bill for you got your twelve hundred dollars. Okay. <laughs> that might not even cover your rent. <laughs> exactly. But you know, first time, one time you know, the one time payment, you know, I don't know how it's gonna help everybody. So he's gonna take credit and people feel as if you know, they're just gonna stand behind him to your point. Like they, they dig their heels in, he's he's they dig their heels in and they don't care because I, you know, I think I, I will say, and I, I said this on the last episode of my sister that's to be released, but I think what we don't realize is that Trump, what's the difference between him, even though it's t- typically people will go democratic or they'll, they'll give to the Democrats to come in to be the cleanup people when something goes wrong. But I think what Trump really is the, he symbolizes the America of yesteryear and the American dream that they aspire to and mm, him him being there it's like that's who i want to be i want to be the rich man who can say anything i want i want to be scrooge mcduck and, and i want to swim through money all right that's the american dream that makes people very individualistic and not think about the collective although it's far-fetched that you will ever be him right just like with black people it's far-fetched that you're going to be in the nba or you're going to be a rapper but just because exactly. people see that, they hold on to that as the dream and they just, they, it's a part of the American psyche. So they're going to follow him regardless because he represents everything they want to be. The American delusion. You're absolutely right. And it's funny you mentioned um, with music because Jay-Z said this a lot before. He says when people talk about his music, oh, I, I'm, I'm wanting to be inspirational to people. And basically what you're doing is just selling people a lifestyle like, yeah, you can be like me eventually. And we know becoming a Jay-Z is just like you said, a one in a billion chance. Yeah. You know, he has once in a lifetime talent that got him to the point where he is now. And the majority of us, no matter, it's funny, like when you mentioned that $1,200, not to get into your finances, but probably me and you, we don't even qualify for that because of how much we made last year. Correct. Now, I don't consider myself rich and I'm pretty sure you don't consider no, yourself rich. No, I don't. Rich, but... You know, according to those figures, they would look at us as, I don't know, what, higher middle class? When I look at myself as probably three to four financial setbacks from being in the same exact situation as somebody out in the street. Exactly. You know, if I got cancer or got sick like that, all that money evaporates really quickly. So we're all closer to the poor, just like you said, than being rich. But we don't look at it like that. We look at the poor as beneath us. Oh, they're poor because they don't work hard or because they're lazy. And we're not realizing one or two bad situations, we can be in that exact same boat. How can you work for 20, 30, 40 years and have it all gone that quickly? You know, the system is really messed up, but people don't see it that way because they hold on to, just like you said, that hope of, you know, one day I'll be rich too, which will never happen. Yeah, it's, it's, that's my fundamental issue with being Republican. So the conservative part, like, I don't care. Fiscally, in certain respects, I could say, okay, as an individual, it would, yeah, I'm getting taxed out the ass. I don't want to get taxed anymore. <laughs> I, I believe in these some of the things Republicans say that would personally benefit me. But I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm not a person who comes from money. I come from humble beginnings. My parents come from even more humble beginnings and back there. So I know that, listen, one, two setbacks, that's, that's it. And furthermore, at least for me and my family, when things happen, maybe not to my parents, but they're happening to my aunts, uncles, or other extended family, I have to chip in. I have a lot of people who count on me. So I know that, look, if people don't have it, and if something happens, then, and something happens to me, I'll be in that same position. I can, you know, I don't want to say a lot. My grandmother has been sick, and it's now, there's a tremendous cost to have her have live-in help 24 hours. You know, we have two people, one does a week, one does a weekend. Um, 
that is a real ass salary <laughs> okay that is coming out and for people to pitch in and a lot of people right. can't do it and you know i've had to be consistent and my sisters and everything but it's a, it's a huge financial burden and like wow these are these are things where other people are depending on you not just children you know their extended family so the minute that anything happens um especially where our health care system is set up if you have any setback or require something that's not covered by insurance which a lot of things are not easily it you know financially it's a huge burden and it just knocks you out of your you know fake middle class bubble sure does yeah so it's like the majority of us will experience it but um a lot of times it happens too late before people realize that that wow you know i'm not much better than you know some of the people i look down on sometimes it takes people into their 40s and 50s when they start having medical conditions to realize that or like you mentioned when their parents start getting older and they have to do the elder care yeah and if they do if if they even realize that because some people don't but for me it's just been clear look it's touch and go i have enough people from very humble beginnings all around me all the time who need help so i know that it's i listen we all come from the same root And Mm -hmm. so this is just, you know, a temporary nice thing, but it's not necessarily going to be long term and it's fleeting. So I that's why I unless you are um, really, to me, someone who is netting consistently seven figures, I don't even see how you could come out your mouth saying you're Republican there. I just for me, it's just it's just strange because you just don't have the the wealth you don't have the luxury of the things that they're saying you can't afford small government because you need that government to send in the same libertarians all you people i'm sure you want that twelve hundred dollars right now oh yeah that type of socialism isn't isn't a bad thing when it benefits you (laughs) yeah yeah it's people are full of shit so um but truth be told with everything going on with corona it's top of mind and i know people feel like it's too much media attention but i'll tell you it's it's like it's, I swear, it's swirling around me on a personal level, where I'm like, you guys think it's just a lot, but it's 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 so real. You know, my cousin is a ER nurse. You know, I just posted her episode today. I've had some yeah. couple of you know incidents of Corona being in my vicinity, where then I had to like take precautions, and then you know I found out recently that I have a cousin in the Bronx who tested positive. He's you know working oh, wow. through it, and a cousin, my dad's cousin in the UK. Um, it's not doing well. She's on a ventilator uh, and a respirator, and they sedated her. She's not doing well at all. So everyone's praying to see how she comes out of this. Um, oh, right. Yeah. And, you know, people who don't have underlying health conditions, as we're saying. So for me, it's I feel like it's closing in on me where people are saying, oh, what's the news? It's the flu. It, I know it's not the flu. You guys are saying it's just like the flu. This is something that just got... There's a vaccine for the flu. There isn't one for this. This is something exactly. that has is highly contagious, and they really haven't fi- figured it out. And I actually saw some news today that China is now going through like a second wave where people who were positive and they thought would be fine are now testing positive again. So right. that's a little strange because, you know, we typically think with viruses, you'll go through it, and then you get, become, become like immune right chicken pox right right? that's typically the pathology but this is looking a little bit different because i think i even saw in korea like patient number eight ended up being like patient number 53 so and they were a little bit puzzled like how did that happen so this is all new and most of you guys are not scientists and don't read about science or not scientists adjacent nor do you have a scientific mind so I know that everyone thinks things are a conspiracy, but this is really real. It sure is. And I'm like, we probably are going to just have to end up living with this just like any other virus until we can figure out in a way to kind of eradicate it like previous illnesses. But that takes decades, you know, and we're trying to, I think the earliest they said they can get a vaccine would be 18 months from now. And that's the best case scenario. And that's, that could only be, as far as I'm concerned, if, they're using something off label, something that exists now, exists now, mm-hmm. and using it for this. Because the, the the life cycle of something new is seventeen to twenty one years. It's it's not if you start exactly. a new drug, it is not a quick process to get it to market. So that is why they, they are like kind of testing things that are existing, because that's quicker. But if they were actually starting from scratch, it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while, exactly. And then something, like you said, even if it's something already existing, 
how much, how many variables can you really knock down or nail down within 18 months? So it's still going to be a big risk if you're giving people that, you know, quote unquote vaccine in just 18 months. Who knows what the side effects could be? True, because how much testing would you have done in such a short period of time? Mm-hmm, exactly. So it's 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 interesting to me. Um, you know, the political side is disgusting. You know, we talk about Trump, but um, Boris has been awful in the UK as well. Like it's right. to me, it's a testament of leadership. Like in the difficult times, is where you see the Gunther, like who rises to the top, and you know. Trump clearly isn't. The UK also has been shitty in all of this. Um, Andrew Cuomo is having his moment in New York. Yeah, I would agree. And I would think with the Democratic nominees in this time, this could be a time to somehow put yourself to stand apart um, to show that you're a leader or people should be looking at you. But I found that well, our last notes, the last two old men standing, I don't feel like they were, you know, this is two old guys yelling from, you know, the porch. But I don't what? know if I see any strong leadership or anything that's like, yeah, you know, this is the guy I want for November. What do you think? Um, As far as policy-wise, I've always kind of liked the things Bernie was talking about. I've always looked at it as his ideas will kind of outlive him, so to speak. I was always thinking it would take somebody a little bit younger to make it more palatable to, I guess, the next generation. So, I mean, I think at this point we already know he's not going to win. So I think his best bet is hopefully trying to get some of these ideas implemented for the next term. Not even this president, but whoever comes after him if Biden were to win. But between Biden and Bernie, his talking about Bernie's, I think his um, economic policies to me make more sense. Where he's talking about even with this corona thing, his proposal was, I think, $2,000 per month until it's over with. That to me makes sense for people. And I know before all this happened, everyone was saying, oh, well, where's the money going to come from? But we see when they need to get money for corporations and bailouts, they'll be able to come up with that money very quick. So that even shouldn't be an issue anymore. But I think the majority of that money needs to be going to people who can't work anymore. So 2000 a month sounds reasonable to me. Um, even that's kind of shaky, depending on where you live, you know, and what your rent is. But at least that's more than just a one $1,200 payment. And also, I think the biggest points for me would be uh, affordable health care or free health care, which he was trying to push for, um, raising the minimum wage, and then also climate control. So to me, he's the only one that's really addressed those, but, you know, he's just not really connected with people. So it looks like it's going to be Biden, even though I'm not crazy about Biden, especially now with this whole this whole rape thing that came out. But I don't even think that's going to affect him too much, considering who we have in, you know, in office right now. So if I had to pick, you know, I would prefer Bernie, but it's looking like it's going to be Biden. So I wouldn't have any problems you know, voting for him between him and Trump in November. So, yeah, I mean, bless Bernie's heart. He's trying. But let's you, you brought up something, these these allegations against Biden. And I like I honestly have not been paying, been paying attention to Biden and Bernie really, but mm-hmm. I was like I remember something like last year someone saying he like rubbed her shoulders or something, but it was implied it was sexual, and so I did a quick Google search today, and then the first thing I found out is why is the media not talking about the accusations against Biden? <laughs> That's the first thing I found actually, yeah. and I thought interesting, and so. You tell you tell more about this because I'm not as familiar, but I, okay. I did read the article and I'm like, okay, sounds like people are saying they're they're kind of putting this under the rug. Yeah, so the woman's name is Tara Reed. She allegedly worked for well not allegedly, she did work for him way back in nineteen ninety three. So this is when this incident allegedly happened. She states that he kinda pushed her up against the wall and put his hand under her skirt and inserted his fingers into her. And then you know, she was able to get away and all that and that was I think that was the only incident that happened. Um, she didn't say anything for, as you know, a couple of decades. And then I think initially when she tried to come out was last year, didn't really get too much traction. And she's coming out again now. You know, some of the, uh, the leftist organizations, the Intercept, I wouldn't know if I would call them completely leftist, but they're kind of an independent news organization. They've been the only prominent 
uh, news outlets have actually reported on it. The other ones have kind of been like your right wing ones. And they were doing that more so just to smear, uh, smear Biden as opposed to really looking towards the truth. As far as all the other news outlets, you're right, nobody's touched it. And as a journalist, uh, the main thing that stood out to me first was I was like, okay, maybe they're not touching it because they don't have any corroborating evidence. So that is one issue. The only two people outside of her to support the accusation are her brother. Well, of course, you know, that could be a conflict of interest. And I think one other person that hasn't been identified who's also close to her in her inner circle. There's really no one else that can substantiate it. So it would be kind of a risk to, I guess, put it out there without any other proof. But when you think about it, most rape accusations are going to be like that. It's really just a he said, she said. I mean, how many witnesses are you going to have to an incident like that? Really, the only witnesses are going to be the aftermath. Um, really, in the woman's circle, she didn't go to the police, which she didn't. So you really have to look at her and decide whether she's a credible witness or not, quote unquote credible, because, I mean, who's really credible? I mean, are you not credible, let's say, because you were previously promiscuous or previously, let's even say, a sex worker? Does that make you not credible that you've been raped? So I think at the very least, these outlets need to look into it, but no one seems willing to do it. And I find that very interesting when you consider that, you know, this is more than likely our um, Democratic nominee, that nobody wants to touch it, especially considering last year. He's on Twitter. It's still up there now. Uh, Biden put up a tweet that we must believe women and take these accusations seriously. And it appears nobody wants to do it now. It's a complete wall of silence. And the silence says everything to me. Yeah, listen, I this was not flying high on the radar. Uh, this latest accusation you mentioned to me, I looked it up. And the, like I said, I was like, oh, so I, I saw that. I saw it was from 1993. I think there could be a shroud in the media not doing it. Also, Corona really is top of mind. Truth be told, I don't feel like they're talking about Biden and Bernie as much either, um, just right. in general, right? So I think just timing-wise, you know, Corona is overshadowing a lot. So things can go a little bit under the radar, which is um, I mentioned in the, at the, I don't know which episode it was, but we were talking about Andrew Gillum. Like it, it was touched upon right at the beginning at the Corona surge if you will but then it kind of died down because it overshadows right so you know the hottest news story can overshadow things like this which is to their benefit um which is to their benefit i can't remember something else happened the day johnny cochran died so no one remembered i can't remember something bigger had happened that day i can't recall and i was thinking oh johnny cochran was a big deal but there was like another news story that day that ended up that week overshadowing it so I, 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 it could be the media's not, you know, purposely not doing it. I, I think Corona is the hotter story. Also, it's impacting them more on an individual basis, right? A lot of people are not actually going out and about interviewing people uh, in person, going to the studio, etc. 1993, I, you know, her coming out now is not... And the only thing I would think I'm curious about is like, well, when Obama became president, that would have been a great time to do exactly. it exactly so exactly. i'm surprised and i, listen, I and I, i'm going to tread lightly because listen i understand it takes each person's journey you know it, each person's journey is different for them to be able to come to terms and actually speak out and it's the the person who's going to be investigated is her first over him it's just the woman always is the one who gets dragged and who's really under investigation whenever they and whenever they come out with any allegations so i i understand that I, I do think there are other opportunities too. So I, I do think it's interesting now that he, as he's coming closer to being the forerunner, that it's just like now, um, you know, last year, any you know, during any time that Obama was president, unless she wanted Obama to be president, she didn't want, and she herself didn't want to. <laughs> um, right. Sully that, which is true. Like you can have, be of two sides. Someone can do something terrible to you but the greater good is obama you might just eat it you know that's true too i will say this you know you you made up a good point about you know trying to tread lightly but i think with something as serious as this you have to ask uncomfortable questions like that you do have to ask so what is your motivation do you want him held accountable you know what was your whole process of going through this did you feel at first it was consensual and then change your mind did you have therapy like all this stuff factors into how we got to this point and if you're putting this out there you know, both sides need to offer a full explanation of what happened, if it indeed happened. So, 
Um, yeah, all those questions are credible and need to be asked. I mean, you know, that would be one of my first questions is, you know, what is your motivation now? Is it because you don't feel he's worthy to be president? You know, what is it? So I don't, but honestly, I don't think it's going to go any further, to be honest with you, because I think back to, we were young, of course we were kids, but if you do the research, you know, Bill Clinton had a bunch of you know, women come he out when he was running that didn't affect him whatsoever. So I really don't think this will stop him from you know, getting in the nomination. I really don't. Unless yeah. more and more women come out. Yeah, exactly. I think the way these cases have all really come to fruition where people actually pay attention, if it's onesies, twosies, then people are like, ah, they don't know. Which right. which is fair to a point because it is he said, she said. So if it's like onesie, twosie, the one who was last year, she did. She said he rubbed her shoulders. That's... That, that's not technically the de- definition of sexual assault. So right. um, that doesn't that's not sexual assault at all. So this woman is saying that he, you know, penetrated her vagina with his with his fingers totally qualifies It's one person. So it is he said, she said, and it's almost 30 years ago. Now, mm-hmm. what really happens to media is that when you see 5, 10, 15, 20, when it starts piling on, when there's smoke, there's fire and people have to pay attention. So I think that's exactly. his saving grace that, mm-hmm. you know, if it is one person, two person, it is, it's, it's very hard, especially something very long ago. No one can say it happened or it didn't happen. It's, it's just, it's just hard. But when you get to so many people where it's like undeniable and the, the stories are pretty much the same over and over, the same um, pathology, the same behavior, the same patterns, then it become like Cosby, you know, Clinton, you know. Exactly. Trump. That's what got Cosby because it's like, um, if you look at some of those cases with Cosby, you can say, okay, this is probably she's out for money. But all it takes is one person to be telling the truth to make him a rapist that needs to be in jail. And Cosby had what sixty accusers against him. Yeah, so I mean, it becomes come like, come on, like, how much benefit of the doubt are we giving someone? Like, are we not going to call a spade a spade? So that's what's you know happening in Biden's court. So real talk, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, you might have to charge to the game, boo-boo, because you came <laughs> at the wrong time. Corona's the headline. And unfortunately, there's not a long line of women behind you. Now, if there are, then people will revisit it. But there aren't. So it just becomes you against him. And the timing is just unfortunate. So um, just overall, really, you know, just for him to be closer to the nomination, to be Corona, it, it you know, the timing just is not great. So. Right. Um, and then, you know, people were saying anyone but Trump. So they didn't put any qualifiers on it. So <laughs> that's going to help Biden, too. It's like, any, like at this point, they're just like, look, we need to get him out of there. And I think what he'll also do that will help a lot if he picks a, a female VP, whether that's Warren or Kamala, like they're talking about, that will shift a lot of the media attention to that because Biden is older. So potentially, if he were to get sick or die in office, we have our first woman president in history. And imagine if it's a black woman as you know, problematic as Kamala might be to some people. <laughs> That's still huge. So that'll be the whole media story if he picks a female VP, which I think he will do just to be strategic. I, well, I don't know if that's going to win him any favors. I, I'm going to sound, you guys are going to hate me for this, but I don't know if that's a good strategy. I think we need to get very clear in America about marketing mm-hmm. versus strategy. These are two different things. Doing a good spin and marketing and PR is, is one thing, but actually being strategic and doing something that's actually gonna help you win is a, is a whole other thing. And from a marketing perspective and a media perspective, that sounds good. But strategically, if you really understand the American people and how we are still a sexist society, I don't know if that's going to actually help him in the long run. That's people maybe yeah, yeah I don't know maybe people are comfortable with a woman vice president. we still haven't had a woman vice president and sure especially haven't. with him being so old people might be scared that there could be the first woman president so they didn't want them they didn't want Kamala so if they didn't want her for president what makes you think they want her for vice president I don't think it's a good strategy personally you know what that's a good point now that I think about it I guess the best way to narrow it down would be could Kamala or Elizabeth Warren could either of them help him win a swing state like Florida Pennsylvania, Michigan, or Ohio. And when you put it that way, it's kind of like, eh, not really. No. No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, that's a good point. You need uh, a young man, probably a white man still, just where we are right now, there are other factors going on. This corona thing 
is also now the interesting thing is we're going a different direction, but it is stirring up racism towards Asians. Now, sure. Asians have an interesting role as a minority in America, not a minority in the world, China, biggest country, biggest population. But mm-hmm. in America, Asian, Asian Americans are going through it. And it is wrong. Listen, it's, it's, it's to me, it's stupid and it's wrong. Um, but Asians also as a community have benefited from being deemed the model minority right. and that, or, or some feel white adjacent. Absolutely. So it's an interesting time because you're like, wait a minute, why are people being racist to me? Damn, this feels bad. Yeah, I know. We know it does feel bad. So it's also an interesting time because that bubbling up, look, the, the black people, brown people, racism is it's that's that's table stakes. That's every day. Listen, everybody know black people are boogeyman. We know we want the Mexican wall. We all know that stuff, right? right. But now for them now to even be society to be turning against the model minority, we got to be careful. Like even for the presidential election, he he needs a white man, as he needs a white man to be that running mate. Being a little bit brown, being a little thing <laughs> that was cute. Two thousand eight. But we and people are afraid right now. And right. we already have this culture of xenophobia that Trump has been, you know, judging up. So I really think he needs to tread lightly. Like we pretend like America's this progressive country and it's not. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, so like, who who would we pick? Uh, what's the guy? Pete, do you like him as a VP? Buttigieg? Do you think him being gay would be too much of a turnoff for like middle America? Yes. I don't know what I swear Democrats is is out there damn mind people really confuse marketing I swear (laughs) people really believe ads like marketing like oh this is real it's just marketing it's just PR that is not where people's hearts really lie and listen I'm I actually believe in these things I have no problem with the woman president I have no problem with the gay president I have Mm. no problems with any of those things we Cory Booker couldn't make it because one, he's a cornball, but two, because he's a single man. <laughs> he's a single man. Nobody wants a single man president who's, you know, supposedly straight. We don't want a single, you know. That's what I was about president. to say, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly he, he. straight. <laughs> but, you know, we don't want a single male president. So you guys are thinking, you know, listen, he's already light skinned. We already did the black president. Like he could have, you know, come through maybe a little bit, but nobody wants a single male heterosexual male president. But you guys think that they're going to go with a gay man and a woman? You, you, you're bugging. And listen, people could say, well, they said they weren't going to do a black president. The stars were aligned in a particular way for Obama, and, o- and Oprah used to be on TV every day. Okay? <laughs> and and you Obama, guys... was, Obama was very safe, too. People forget about that. Yeah. Very safe, very non-threatening. Very safe, very non-threatening. Cleanest record. And you guys can't tell me the man don't got a clean record, because till this day, y'all don't have nothing on him. So... Right. And, and you guys, it sounds crazy when I say this, Oprah is on TV every day at that time, but TV <laughs> is an influencer. That's why Absolutely. Trump is president. You guys think it's not an influencer? Oprah being there and endorsing him when she was, you know, everybody's mammy in their home and their auntie. Yeah, that made a big deal. Where Oprah is safe and you trust Oprah, who's in your living room for 20 years, and she she's saying she's a safe one, and she's saying this little one is safe too. And I'm using diminutives because I'm telling you this is how people view black people often. So yeah. that's that's why, and that's why he got in. Don't think it's not true. And she really had a lot. I'm not saying she chose, but I'm just saying like that influence of TV and pop culture and entertainment in America is so strong. It's raised people. And that is the same way that Trump was in people's living rooms and they feel this affinity towards him. Why he's here today. I totally agree. Yep. So if he's smart, he'll get. I don't it, it, I don't know. He'll pick a random young white man because there really wasn't any on the docket. <laughs> but Yeah, I was trying to think back. Yeah, we were yeah, there's really none. He'll have to ping like a, a you know, a, 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 a clean Christian white man in from the Midwest in his forties, maybe close to fifties, like forties, early fifties. Mm-hmm. And people will feel feel safe and comforted. Andrew Yang, sorry boo. You Timing all didn't work out for you. The racism wasn't going to work for you, baby. No. Nah. It couldn't work. 
okay? Um, Kamala, woman, she had too many things going against her. People, black people questioning her own blackness. It, it was so much that was never going to work. Um, Elizabeth Warren is super sweet lady, but the sexism is weird. It's like people see her as a grandma or as a school teacher, as a principal, but they're not going to see her as a leader. As a leader. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Women really have it tough because if she got, when she got too tough, well, you know, when she killed Bloomberg on that stage, you had some people that were uncomfortable with that. Like, oh, well, she was too aggressive with him. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know. And I loved it, but I'm an aggressive right. woman, but I love, I said, yes, drag him. But, um, yeah, people didn't like it. I don't it understand it. She did exactly what she's supposed to do. He had no business up there. It, 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 this is the conundrum women in business have. Women, as they ascend out of traditional roles, always have. You are expected to be strong to prove that you should be there. But if you're strong in a way that people think is masculine or what they interpret to be aggressive and associated with behaviors men exhibit then you're looked down upon so they want you to be sweet nice like or like nice nasty it's supposed to be in a way that's palatable that they can take so when you're and listen black women are the biggest the biggest uh this is against us all the time but just women in general that you know things that are deemed to be assertive for men you become aggressive and you're looked down upon as a woman it's it's such a subtle um, the the gender thing, I think we really overlook because, like, you know, women have made a lot of strides. It's true, really, right. women have made a lot of strides, and but I really think we really don't understand how these gender norms are ingrained in us and how we perceive things and how it really influences our judgment. And you know what's really insane when you look at, especially when you look at the war on terror, how we frame a lot of the Muslim countries. You look at places like Turkey, Pakistan. They have had female prime ministers, rulers of their country already. Mm-hmm. And these are like traditional Muslim countries. And here we are, America, and we've never had a, a woman president or a woman leader. Absolutely. Yes. No, absolutely. I, 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 I do know that it's, it's very telling. It's very telling. And um. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say something controversial, but I am going to. Slim and I talked offline about this. Mm-hmm. So the first cases in New York City of Corona um, were a woman who who came from a healthcare worker who had come from Iran, and okay. but she isolated herself. She knew she knew she'd been exposed. She isolated herself, went home to her husband, and they isolated together in her apartment. And then the second case, which is the one that really pushed it all throughout the area, like to me, patient zero. The second case was um, a Jewish man from Westchester who had flown from Miami um, and actually Israel in within the weeks leading up to it. And it, it spread like fire in Westchester throughout the synagogue into the city. And really, honestly, he is patient zero as far as I'm concerned. And when you actually look into the media articles about like how Corona came into New York, because I was doing at one point when there was the issue where exposure, I was like, wait, how did this happen? And I'm confused. (laughs) So I really went down the rabbit hole researching, like who were the first cases in New York and where did it come from? And so everyone's like Iran, the Middle East, Iran, this woman, but she didn't infect anyone. She went home. She knew it. She identified herself. That was fine. And then the, the guy, the Jewish American guy, they kept saying they're like unknown origin, unknown origin. They don't know where he mm. came from. He hasn't been in any countries that have anything. But then I only found like one article like, oh, he had recently flown from Miami and also from Israel. So I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> How is it that Middle East, Iran, da, 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 but I could barely find where this man had gone. I right. couldn't find where this man had come from. And, like, and, and it's still... It's still classified as unknown origin. Well, I don't know. He was outside of the country. He was outside of the country. So um, why is it that because she is from Iran, it's like she was in Iran. And it felt like it was so uneven. And the person who spread it, it wasn't her. It was him. But his 
his infection is from unknown origin, which you can find, fine, whatever, fine. But I just felt like it, we, the media is biased if you take a look at like, especially when it comes to the Middle East of how we report things because they were dragging this woman and this woman around, but she, she didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything wrong. And look, I'm not blaming the man. They didn't know he had Corona at first. He went to the hospital several times and they just kept sending him back. He didn't know. But then he infected a whole synagogue and it, it just went like wildfire, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they talk about the origin of how he got it, it was unknown. <sighs> the media. I would think, too, a lot of publications um, are very sensitive about being perceived as anti-Semitic just in this country. And they don't have that same um, awareness, like you mentioned, with anything dealing with the Middle East outside of um, Israel. So I think that's a clear manifestation of that, unfortunately. Yeah, I just think it's, you know, and look, I don't even think that we need to be blaming geographies or certain people like that. That's not the point of all of this. So for Trump to call it the Chinese virus, for, (laughs) you know, for them to be calling it the Kung flu, like just so rude and disrespectful. And for them to be, you know, it, it, now we're not doing we, we eased up because of the numbers here but they were dragging iran the, the iranian government of like they're not paying attention blah 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 what the fuck are we doing like we it's not about the country blah, blah, but i think we need to just state facts like hey like exactly. if someone travels somewhere and they came here um and this is and, and the, the country has cases elsewhere then shit that's what it is we don't have to make it unknown or blah, blah, whatever. Like it's it's okay, but it doesn't mean that it's a personal attack against the country, and it should not be. So it should not have been an attack against Iran for the woman to be the healthcare worker to do that. She did all the right things. It's very communicable. We know this, and like let's not be biased in in our you know across the board. You know the whole point is how do you get ahead of it so that we can ensure the public safety. But all of these other political things like biases come in. And this is why you have all these people thinking about these conspiracy theories, because it makes it hard to trust the media. Plus you have Trump saying it's fake news, but it makes it hard to trust the media. Right. You're totally right. It's just like, where can you get reliable news from these days? Because everything you turn on the TV, it seems like a circus, no matter if it's ESPN, of course, Fox News, MSNBC, it's just like all nonsense half the time. Yeah, but then if that's the case, the American public tends to be very ignorant. Then doesn't it just keep everyone ignorant? It does, because I think the majority of us, um, I, I normally do Al Jazeera. I think they're pretty good independent. I think so they're good, too. I like them, too. But it's like, how many Americans are really going to go out of their way to do that? It's just... Just being realistic is just not going to happen. Even that name is going to scare off the majority of the I American know, the population. I know, the name does. But so I'm going to shout them out. Real talk, you guys. And he and I did not talk about this before. But I have to be <laughs> honest. I love following them. They have great Instagram pages, um, a great YouTube. Uh, just follow them. Al Jazeera is actually really good, the reporting. Excellent. Like, if you compare it to CNN, BBC. Like, I, you know, I, I, CNN, BBC. The only thing in the U.S., maybe NPR, you know, maybe. True, true. You know, yeah. NPR is the, the to me the most objective you'll get in the states, but um, Al Jazeera is actually really good, and I love a lot of the things. So I know you guys are biased, <laughs> I know you are, and you can't help yourselves. But I, it actually, I will shout out Al Jazeera for being like a really reputable and really good news outlet, and I've been following them for a few years, and I actually r- rather enjoy them. Right, same here. I started really heavy on them, of course, being in a um a Muslim household, but really around 9-11 is when I started really paying attention to them consistently over our news. And it's a really good benefit. It just gives you a different, more worldly perspective of how the rest of the uh, world views a lot of this news. Because we're so much in a vacuum even now in this country, as far as our news goes. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, 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 it's interesting. But, you know, look, we, 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 we grew up here. We are, we have a, a duty, if you will, <laughs> to American society, you know, which has raised us. What do you think is the path forward? So 
politically media wise like how do we learn i you know i've been saying i think corona has unveiled a lot it has really unraveled a lot of the smoke and mirrors across the world um yes. we're going to continue to see it unveil the cracks in u.s society whether it's the healthcare system our government structure with the state versus federal, like local uh, versus federal, you know, we're going to continue to see that unveil the cracks there. Unfortunately, personally, you guys are going to see cracks in your relationship because you all hold up at home together and can't stand <laughs> each other. Okay, your kids are bad. All of that is really unveiling all of those things, right? But yes, it's going to have to turn around. So, pot to end it because we've actually recorded for a while here. Um, positive note what do you think like and what's a way like what is something to look forward to for us to kind of turn around in the right direction from a society perspective in light of this pandemic i think one thing initially is that people are going to have a lot more are going to hold more of the politicians accountable on the financial end as far as where's this money going how am I benefited personally from having you in office? Are you just a corporate shill or are you really for, you know, the community that put you in office? I think there's going to be a lot more detail to that. I think um, a good start, even though the $1,200 isn't really a fix, but I think the fact that they removed a lot of the corporate bailout money from just going to these companies with no strings attached is a good sign that people are starting to pay attention. I think things are going to get worse economically, but I think, that's going to make people more cognizant of um, where we move going forward and make people more open to some of these ideas that they thought were so radical before. Like you mentioned Andrew Yang earlier. One thing I did like that he talked about was the whole idea of um, universal basic income. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people thought that was silly. But I think now when people are realizing that they can't even make their basic necessities and that everything collapsed after literally one week. You know, we've heard for years that the average American is only a paycheck away or two from poverty. But it's not just the people, it's the corporations, it's everyone, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, the whole system. So I think now people are going to be more open to ideas like that. Now, we probably wouldn't see anything implemented like that for probably 10, 15 years, but at least people are going to be open to some of those progressive ideas going forward because they'll see directly how they'll benefit from it because we need it. It's like a necessity at this point. And that and, to me, universal health care are like the two main things that I think people are going to be more open towards as unfortunately more people get sick and die because we don't have ventilators and basic necessities to take care of them. I agree. Actually, I, I liked Andrew Yang. I really liked a lot of his ideas. He had fresh ideas, but mm -hmm. I know this was a racist country, so I was like, bro, this is not going to work out for you. But um, he did have and some you know, interesting A lot ideas. of these older voters don't, I think they don't trust younger people either. It's the fact that it's almost like he's too young to be taken seriously, as sad as that sounds. You know, he's a grown man, what, in his 40s? But, you know, the majority of voters are older people. Uh, I, I mean, JFK was in his 40s. Obama was in his 40s. I, I don't know if it's that. I, I truly believe that he's Asian and it was racist. Yeah, that's probably the main reason. Yeah. If it were a young white man, they're not, they, no one's going to question a, a, a white man in his 40s whether or not he's an adult. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, you know. It's 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 true. So, yeah, I, I, I do think you're absolutely right. Things that people thought were radical. This is now this will probably open their eyes like, oh, shit, we need to think differently about it um, and going forward. But it won't happen immediately. So maybe this will be the thing that will right size us or right have us you know turn the corner and being less individualistic and start to have things in place like maybe this will be the era where we get our own new deal right maybe this will be the time where we get True. our own new deal you know a lot of these ideas too when you talk about good old-fashioned american racism i really do i'm starting to think if this country were let's say 98 percent white a lot of these ideas that they consider radical i think that we've already would have had them i think the fact that they don't they're not comfortable with minorities also benefiting from some of these ideas is really the issue for the most part that's a deep cut and you're probably right mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a deep cut because if you think of like scandinavian countries um you know they have you know <laughs> trump at one point had said when he talked about shithole countries he's like i want people coming from like finland or blah blah <laughs> i'm like why would they come here they don't need to come right. here <laughs> exactly <laughs> they don't need to come here and people in those countries do have like a social safety net it, there's there's a high 
um, cost of living. They're also taxed a lot higher than we are. People don't realize that. A lot of people in those European countries are taxed a lot higher, like 50%. Like they're, ta- they're taxed more than we are. Um, yeah. So, but they do get, you know, a lot of the social, you know, universal health care, all of these things. But they are predominantly white countries. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and this is, listen, I'm not attacking white people and listen if you've listened if you listen to this podcast and you think i'm talking white people you're wrong because you should know i hate everybody but <laughs> um real talk i give everybody the heat everybody gets the heat um so don't feel special because i give everybody I give my own people the heat everyone gets it um I, but it, it is true it, it is it is they're ultimately i think people all people to a certain degree are very tribal Yes, definitely. that's really what it comes down. It's really tribalism. So you guys like don't call me the R word because apparently being called racist is being worse than being a racist person. So <laughs> people are tribal, and that just means that people tend to have an affinity of liking people like them. I happen to not be like that to be honest, because I would be right. annoyed by people like me. But <laughs> people tend to you know take care of their own, want people like themselves, and then alienate people on the you know outside so whether or not it's like we want blondes everyone to be blonde versus dark hair it'll always be something where people will try to divide and make themselves feel better than someone else right yes mm-hmm. historically now um i'm going to say white people y'all the mvps with colonialism okay oh absolutely <laughs> so i'm gonna give you that <laughs> with colonialism you've been the mvps uh and that is why when we are talking about these things like we're all still living in a post-colonial world, but still impacted by everything that happened in colonialism. We're still impacted by it uh, until this day. So you, um, some of the ideals you feel of like, why I'm American and I should have this and other people shouldn't have that. Why, if we talk, now we're going to a whole different level. Why? People feel uncomfortable with affirmative action, although it benefits white women more than anyone else. Right. But exactly. you you associate it with other people, black and brown people, getting things that you don't, that you think that you deserve. Mm-hmm. And you think that they don't. So, you know, look, we're all ingrained with these things that have come down from a long period of time. And it takes a long time to, for, to, you know, to, to change this rhetoric and ideology. As centuries, really, if we look yeah. at it, because um, I'm like, I was reading something yesterday. I want to verify it first, but they were saying that the a woman that was the last surviving uh, slave descendant. I saw that. You saw it about 1940 is when she mm-hmm. died. Yeah, 1940. You know, my grandmother that's still alive was born before her. Mine, too. So, I mean, this is only a couple generations ago. Yeah, so, mine, too. And my dad was yeah. born a few years after her. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, very much so. This goes. This goes to we were talking offline about the, the kind of DNA, the ancestry stuff. Uh, let me tell you, when we talk about slavery being so long ago, it was not friends. Yes. And the repercussions, and if you if you really do your history, you start to be like, oh my god, no wonder why things are like the way they are right now. It, it wasn't. So, um, listen. The past is very much a part of the present, but we all have to do our job to try to ensure a better future for the next generations. And I think maybe from Corona, we will hopefully in American society start to be care a little bit more about the collective and not just ourselves as individuals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it takes something like this, a big crisis where everything kind of hits rock bottom for people to realize that. I agree. So look, people, wash your hands. Socially isolate if possible and take care of yourselves. We're all in this together. Try to stay positive. Don't panic. And we'll get Don't buy it. up all the toilet paper, please. Lord, that's that's late. It's done. They've done <laughs> it already. They've done it. Now Actually, you're talking you're talking about the capitalist opportunity. If somebody figures out how to mass produce toilet paper, they and might end up running this country. You okay, listen. The episode is not posted yet, but I've already said on the t- title, the one before this one is called Where is the Damn Toilet Paper? Okay, <laughs> that's the title. And we go deep into that. It's a deep cut. So uh, you got to When I post it, listen to that one because you're going to hear about whole, this whole toilet paper situation of really what's behind this nonsense. 
Oh my God. Anyway, I'm going to end. This is episode 43, I believe, of Gab with Gwen. Thank you, Mr. Ismail, for blessing us with your presence. My pleasure. Happy to be back. And till next time, peace. <laughs>